When hinges creak in doorless chambers, and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. Whenever candlelights flicker where the air is deathly still, that is the time when ghosts are present, practicing their terror with ghoulish delight. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Taylor Johnson Podcast. I am your host, your ghost host, and welcome to a not-so-spooky episode of the podcast. We're in October. It's spooky season. This episode is not particularly spooky unless, like, depression and sadness is spooky to you, but I figured I had to do something to... to to celebrate the beginning of spooky season. That was uh, the monologue from the Haunted Mansion ride at Disney World. One of my favorite rides that I rode uh, a lot when I was there in September, last September, not this September. I did not go last month. It has been over a year and I went and I rode that ride a million times and I started to memorize the monologue because it was like soothing and it felt good. And other people who rode the ride had the, had it memorized too. And then it was like a weird, like nerdy, like, I know this too. <sighs> Whatever. Hi, how's it going? I don't believe in ghosts. But welcome, the Holy Ghost. Welcome to the podcast. Normally, uh, the show is broken up into different segments. You're probably used to that by now, the structure of the show. Well, guess what? This episode is a little bit different. We're throwing it out. We're doing something fresh. We're clearing the table of all the other segments because the conversation, the interview that I have went long when I recorded it and I edited it down as much as I could, but I was left with something that was still longer than what we usually have on the show, but I felt like it was so important. I felt like it was so good. There was nothing else that I could really cut or lose because I think this conversation is really, really great. It's between me and my friend, Seth Urbina, one of my best friends in the entire world. We have matching pizza tattoos. I love my friend, Seth. And we sat down to talk about his time as a missionary in Bolivia, the two years that he spent down there right after college, because his experience uh, <laughs> wasn't that great. And he is now able to speak incredibly honestly about what that experience was like for him. Uh, he is able to be candid and open about the highs and the very low lows of being there, which oftentimes I feel like you don't get to hear. I, mean, I feel like especially with missionary work, I was going to say with like ministry in general, but like specifically with missionary work, like you only hear like, oh, it was so great. We did this. We did that. You see highlights, you see pictures, you see how great it is. But there was other stuff going on behind the scenes in Seth's life. And there was a lot that I knew about while he was there, but there was so much more that I did not know about. And, and hearing his story about how difficult those two years were, and then also the story about what it was like coming back from Bolivia and coming back to the United States and having to recover from how difficult the time was. I feel like this conversation is great like for any time, but especially right now in the pandemic. Because you'll hear some similarities between what he went through and what you might be going through right now with 
a lot of the country still shut down with so many things that we're used to having in life, not being able to have access to, you, you might be in a similar place. Maybe not as severe as Seth was, but I feel like this can be incredibly helpful because I love the attitude that he has now looking at difficult seasons. It is very encouraging and challenging even for me. And so I hope that the same is true for you. So this is my conversation that I got to have with my friend, Seth Urbina. Uh, Seth, you were a part of the book release event that I did for my first book in the altogether where I had multiple people come up and share, uh, something to do with vulnerability. Everyone some, had like some called it like the Avengers movie of like the Taylor cinematic universe. Yeah, where it was all of us came together. Incredible crossover event where I had all sorts <laughs> of people, um, share like 10, 15 minutes, something to do with vulnerability. You shared about uh, your experience in Bolivia because yes. you lived in Bolivia for how long? Two years. And what were you doing there? I was a teacher, technically like the main time, but it, my, my official title technically was missionary. I was a missionary. This was 2015, so the same year I graduated. Basically, I graduated and then I From moved college. From college. From yes. big boy school, as I call it. From big boy Bible school. And what was your degree in, in big I, boy school? Uh, church ministries and counseling. And you didn't really know what you were going to do after college, right? No. I was a lunch lady for a little bit, like for a month and a half. And that was kind of lame because you had to wake up super early to get them kids breakfast. Yeah. But you got off at work at like two. Mm, so you did that for a while, all the while like trying to find the thing that would yes, be... Yes, I just kept applying it everywhere. And even to like churches, like yes. to, for a youth got, pastor I, position. I got an email like two months when I was down in Bolivia already about, hey, we just thought about it and you weren't a good fit for ours. And oh. I was like, oh, cool. That was like, I applied for this like four months ago, but thanks for letting <laughs> me. Uh, and how did you find out about Bolivia? Uh, my mom had a friend from when she was an MK. She was a missionary kid and they would come on mission trips to Mexico where she lived. And so they were still Facebook friends. And so she posted that I needed help at this school and so I applied because I was just applying everywhere. Yeah. And then literally it was almost like a month later I was flying down there. Everything <laughs> happens very fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so like not a lot of time is spent like, oh, should I do this? Yes, like it was almost like this is, the, this is it because it's the only path. And so a church that I had been interviewing at in Houston ended up paying for me to go like and supporting me through it when I was there. Cause it was like, you went to that church, you tried out and they were like, Hey, we don't want you to be the youth pastor, but yes, it was me and one of my really close friends from South Texas camp. And so it was like, one of us gets a job and then we were both like, I'm okay with you. Get it. I'm okay. And then they ended up, and then he stabbed you in the back. He stabbed me and then took the job. You heard me if you're listening to this. So it happens really fast. You go to Bolivia so the way that you did it at the book release event is that you started telling 
stories about Bolivia, like the stuff that you would normally tell people when right. you would come back. Whenever I would go places and they'd be like, can you come speak for us? Because you were a missionary for two years. I'm like, sure. And so I would tell them all like, oh, I did this. I worked at the school. I worked at the orphanage. I helped at different churches. I spoke at, at different camps because I, I did all that stuff. Yeah. And so I would emphasize all those things. Uh, and then I would also talk about like, fun stuff so like look at this llama me and, and then i show a picture of me and, and the llama yeah you know the one you know the one llama and then the bolivian uh, llama the bolivia llama i would talk about like oh look i got 20 i have 27 tattoos now because i kind of went crazy with tattoos or i'd be like hey look i was a zebra for a day and i rode down death road on my bike yeah so wait uh, what is death road so it, was it, a, it was like on a mountain it was on the side of a mountain if you google just Death Road, Bolivia, you see so many cool pictures and it's like, oh shoot, I was on that. Sometimes I forget. I'm like, I could have died. Yeah, because a lot of people have died, right? Yeah, there's like little crosses all the way down. Oh my goodness. How long was the ride down? It it lasted all day. Oh my goodness. I got there in the morning and then we went up to the top of the mountain. They drove us up and then we biked all the way down and it took all day. We like started like before, I would say before seven and we didn't get done until like, seven at night it was like 12 hours trip that's crazy yeah you have a ton of pictures from your trip right and you can put together a really good presentation right that makes it look like your trip to bolivia your time in there was just non-stop action so much fun all doing all this crazy cool stuff doing whatever i wanted but at the same time like that wasn't the right and so at the same time it was this idea of going straight from college to living in a dorm with so many like infinite number of men. Yeah. <laughs> I could just be like, yo, you want to hang out? Cool. Oh, you're going to bed. Okay. I'm going to go hang out with this guy. Cool. Oh, you going to bed. All right. I'm going to hang out with this guy. That is the craziest thing. Like college is this abnormal experience where all of your closest friends are right next to each right. other and everyone has the same schedule. So like everyone is off at the same time. Right. Where like now when you're an adult, you have to like schedule yes. time to hang out with or someone like, a week in advance. Hey, we want to change our meetup times from Mondays to Saturdays. And it's like, Oh, but like Saturdays I have to do grown up stuff. Yeah. Like, taxes. but back then it's like, Oh, yes. it's 11 o'clock. So, we all go into Whataburger. Exactly. Drop exactly. everything. And so that's where I was. I came from that mindset to being in a place where the closest person my age was at least five years older than me. So it was this mix of either I hang out with people five years younger than me or five years older. There was no in between. And you, this is your first time living alone. Right. Too, right. Right. And so I didn't have my, I wasn't living at home. I was literally by myself. There was a house on the side of a mountain. It was a really beautiful view, but I lived up there uh, behind and- these other family, this family that I knew. So I walked through behind them and I would be at my little house by myself. And like, how long did it take you to realize like, cause there must be initial excitement. Like all of this happens right, right, right. all at the once. The honeymoon period. And even just like the rush of from like getting the job to like a month later you leave and you're there honeymoon season. When do you start to notice like, Oh, Oh, this might be um, difficult. It was, I'm not sure specific, but it was, I'm pretty sure a big event, like a wedding or something that everyone from college went to. And I was like the only one not there. Yeah. So I could see stuff like that. And then I'd feel it more and more, especially holiday times. It's like, oh, I'm just here on Halloween. I have nowhere to go. Or yeah. Thanksgiving. It's like, oh, cool. Uh, Christmas, same thing. Everyone has their own little groups. And so it's like, I'm just going to hang out by myself on Christmas. Yeah, because it wasn't just like the normal thing of like, if you move to a new place 
and you see what everyone else is doing where where you moved from and you're like ah oh, that's a bummer but at the same time like i've got this new group right right and like I, i'm getting closer to them and so it still kind of stings to see them all hanging out but at least i got all these yeah. other people but you went, went from to, all no. to nothing right 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 to and no like group. and you are an extreme extrovert and so there was times where it's like you try to reach out to people and it's like some people were pretty good at keeping contact and so that helped but at the same time it's never perfect and it's never the same as in person yeah so it's like oh i'm gonna go make friends out in the place i am but it's just hard it's hard to make friends in in another language yeah yeah i mean it's hard like even just like moving to a new town like i i feel like a lot of people especially pastors miss out on the experience of visiting a church for the Mm -hmm. first time that's a nightmare. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst experience it in is. the whole wide it world. It really is. And like some churches, like everything about the experience is so difficult because like your website is weird and I don't even know what time your church starts. Mm-hmm. And then once I show up, I don't know what and door I'm supposed to go And it's even worse in through. Bolivia because everyone's late, late all the time. And it's yeah. so natural. So it's like I show up when the, the website or the, the sign says there's no one there. And I'm just awkwardly sitting there and it's like they finally start showing up and then by the time that they actually start I've already been there for like three hours so I'm oh. like, I'm exhausted I'm like I don't want to be here anymore but it's like no we're just starting the service and I'm just like no I'm good like I you, yeah. you guys said it was this time but it wasn't and so now I've already been here for so long I'm I'm done I'm ready to go <laughs> oh so your, your experience all sorts of cultural changes right, right, too right, right of like now like you because you like have always known Spanish. Right. But so like you can speak the language. Right. But like uh, the food's terrible. I just, yeah, there was a, a, a couple foods. The other day I was remembering rellenos, which are really good. They were just like, it's like mashed potatoes with meat inside and then they deep fry it. Oh. It's like a little ball. And I didn't realize it was potatoes. I don't really like potatoes, which is one of the staple foods down there. Yeah. But I did not, the way that it's cooked, you don't realize it's potatoes. So it made Ooh. it really, really, but I miss that. But for the most part, yeah, everything is very potatoy, starchy, and almost bland. Like there's not really any seasonings. Yeah. And nothing spicy. So it's just like, listen. So like a lot of French fries, which you don't yes. like. And then no fast food. The, the, the only fast food restaurant was Burger King. That was it. Oh. There's no McDonald's in Bolivia. Oh. That's one of like 10 countries that doesn't have McDonald's. Oh, that's wild. Because the the government is pretty corrupt, so they lost too much money. So they're like, fine, you guys don't need a McDonald's. And they just left. Oh, wow. And then uh, talk about the pizza. Mm -hmm. Pizza is like dried bread, and then they put ketchup on it instead of tomato sauce. Oh. And then cheese and whatever topping, which is usually like also weird the topping like pepperoni is not pepperoni it's like it's like these like different sausage things i don't know it was just all very different and i was like it it all hit me at once i feel like yeah and it hit me too hard i was not ready for it like there's that thing i like if i could go back now and people are like would you do it again i'm like yeah because now i understand there's certain things i wish i could go back and tell myself live kind of punched you in the face yeah and you that caused you to spiral and not be able to like right you, it, you never really caught yourself it again. stunned me bad and so because of that it was a quick falling down instead of like 
oh, recovery, let's keep going. It was more of like things just kept hitting, 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 and hitting. And, and, and you being isolated right. makes it even worse because you don't have anybody else there able to like, right. hey, 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 like, let's. Or like if I had, I always said if I had one person living with me, then I'd be like, hey, man, I can talk to this person about it. Like, yeah. remember the, how this weird this is? Or like, hey, this is really pretty funny. But when you're just there, it's like, oh, there's no one to bounce off those ideas and those thoughts. And, yeah. Uh, hey, this is how I'm thinking. Does this make sense? And it's like, oh, yes, that tracks. Or it's like, no, what about this? Yeah. Or even to be like someone who can kind of notice some of right, the right, right. self-destructive behavior right, and right, be able right. to be like, hey, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Right. Because it, it started to, you you started to live more unhealthily right. when just, you were by yourself. So it started part of it as this idea of like, what if people call me? What if someone wants to hang out and I'm asleep? I don't want to sleep because I don't want to miss that. And so I just never slept when I was there. I started drinking energy drinks. Like that's all I drank. So I was hungry. I drank an energy drink. I was tired. I was just drinking energy drink. I was thirsty. Just so you didn't ever want to miss out. Yes. So there's always a chance that maybe a friend from right, the right. United States right. could want a FaceTime or something. And you were so desperate yes, for that. That I did not want to miss that. That FOMO, that fear of missing out hit me hard. And it just got worse and worse. Looking back now, there's times where I'm like, I wish I could realize like it wasn't going to last forever. Like it's going to change again. But in the moment, it felt so like this is it. This is my life. This is what it is. So like, does that just stop you from even trying to change? Right. Like, you just accept it. Basically. It, it was more of a, if I, not even accepting it, if I ignore it and live with it, then I don't have to feel the hurt. I don't have to feel it. And so it's like, if I numb the emotions, the sadness and just, this is it, this is what I'm going to live with. Then you don't want to feel it. So how would you numb it? Um, I feel like for the part of it, it was just not like, not like not caring about anything. And so it was like, well, my house is dirty. I don't care. Just leave it. But like how dirty? But, I know how dirty. Yes. And so I would like you to. It was just like, like all those cans I said, I would just throw the can in the bathroom. And there was a huge pile of Red Bull cans, like bad, like just in the corner of the bathroom. Like over a hundred? Yes, over definitely. And it was just like big. And then just trash everywhere. And then just like clothes everywhere. Like I just didn't care. I, I didn't care about that and like I would not sleep. I wouldn't care. I said I'm gonna go to work and work all day, but I'm I didn't sleep last night at all. That's fine. I don't care. And the roof started to leak. Yes. So there was a little bit of a leak, and I just patched it up right away. And I was gonna like take care of it or like tell them, and I never did. And so what ended up happening is the second year the roof collapsed in because it was so much water damage in it. I mean, I feel like that's a metaphor for yeah. like your own like yes, that, well-being. That house was a representation of my mind. Yeah, I like, like I like just a little drip and like, yes. oh, we'll take care of it. We'll take care of it. And like when you don't and yeah. after a while, I mean, I feel like yes. your roof caved in. It was bad. And so uh, there, one of the things of trying to like just ignore everything was I'd walk around the city at night all the time and I started just walking. And so I'd go down to this little mail area where it's like the mail post office is there. And so it's like kind of like a hub area in the city and I would just get some street food at night, which I didn't even like, I would just eat it just to eat it. Um, eventually I did find other places that I liked, but it was just one of those, like, I would just go eat, just look around, try to like see if anyone was like, I don't know. It was just like 
trying to find any sort of connection yeah, and then never finding it. So I'm going back to my house and just laying there basically. And then, uh, like that was mainly the, the whole couple of the first months whenever started kicking in. And then as it cop kept going on, especially the second year was a lot worse where I would just eat a ton of food and just like, I don't care. I would just cook whatever I wanted and not go out, not leave my house. And then I would always like to sleep. I'd have to like drink a whole six pack of Corona just to be like, this is going to make me sleepy. Cause if because I'm, you've just had energy drinks all day. Yes. And, and so it's like, basically I would self medicate to go to sleep. Oh man. And so like in you, a, a whole six pack a night. Yeah. And that would be the only way you could get yourself Basically. to like go to sleep. Basic, and then so I would just drink it until I was like feeling it, and then finally I'd lay down and just sleep wherever I was. So I'd, in the living room area, in the bed, like in the bathroom, just wherever I just sleep because I was like, oh, I'm finally tired, go to sleep. And like, so you numbing yourself, like, are you numbing yourself to the even the like self realization of like, like, is there a part of you that's like, this is not okay? This well, is yeah, not okay. and there was this big shame thing that kept happening when I would see like messages from my grandma or my parents and they're like, why don't you write more about what you're doing? Why don't you do this more? Why don't you do? And it was like, I, cause I'm not doing more stuff. I'm doing the same stuff. Like I would still, like I said, go to my job every day, do everything I needed to do. Yeah. But it was just a minimum to get by. And then the rest was just kind of like, I don't want to be awake right now. Like I don't want to go that extra mile. I don't yeah. want to go keep going to this thing. And so I would still go to churches. I still do all this stuff. I'd still be speaking at different events and different camps, but at the same time I was just feeling like that shame. And so it's like, I was just basically hiding it, uh, really well. <laughs> it was, it was really well. Yeah. Uh, cause even people that noticed it was bad, didn't see how bad it was. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, you would, you would tweet. Yeah. You would tweet, Things that were like funny, but at the same time, like, oh, that's not a joke. That's yeah. real. But then it was a mix of like, people would be like, are you good? I'd be like, yeah. And then they're like, cool. And that's it. Or it was a mix of like, are you good? No. And then no response. Or it was like, oh, just really? Like, it was just like, oh, I don't want to deal with this right now. And yeah. It's like, cool. It makes sense though, because it's like, it's hard when it's long distance for helping someone. Yeah. That, and, and that's so hard too of like the, uh, yeah, cause I, I mean, I remember like seeing stuff and I remember just like, I did not know what to do. Yeah. And like, because you, you hadn't told me some of this stuff, but you had told a few of our other friends uh-huh. and they had told me. And I was like, I, I remember like one time, like really freaking out and like calling you and I came in too hot on the phone <laughs> cause you were like, hello. And I just went do you need to come home? And you were like, what? Yeah. And I was like, are you like, are you okay? And you're like, no, I'm, I'm fine now. And I was like, Oh, okay. And just like, we're so far away that like, I mean, I don't know. I just didn't know what to do. And it's, I mean, it's one of those things now looking back, I'm sure I could figure out stuff to be like, Hey, I need this. Hey, but it's, I don't know. It was a, a lot of learning, like, a, a mix of alone skills like that's the first time there's people that like go from living at home to living in college to getting married right away and never live alone yeah and it's like no i had two years to practice like what that means like oh i need to be responsible with this or i need to do this or if i don't wash clothes right now i'm not gonna have anything to wear tomorrow like different things like that yeah and so it's like yes i had my responsibility i learned and it's like that these burdens or weight weights were like to make you stronger obviously that's how 
like working out, you don't look at a weight and you're like, uh, you do sometimes, but yeah. you do it on purpose. And so it's like, I could have turned it into that instead of like just straight up, like carrying it without even focusing. Yeah. On. Cause that was when you spoke at, uh, the event, you talked about, uh, your favorite anime. Yeah. One piece. Right. The time jump. Right. There's a, there's a two, there's spoilers, spoiler warning. There's a two year time skip later on. And they all spend their two years getting stronger. So when they meet back up, they'll be able to do more than they could in the past. And I wish it would had been a good time skip for me. And like I come back stronger or smarter. Or, and so, yes, yeah, some things were better. Like I did, like I said, I know how to do certain things. I know how to be alone more than I did before. But at the same time, I could have gone further and done more and been better off when I came back. Except... I came back like a shell of a man. It feels like sometimes. Yeah. Are there times when you look back up Olivia that you're surprised that you lived through it? No, I feel like I like living too much at times. And it's this idea of, I avoid pain. I'm uh-huh. very pain avoidant. I hate feeling bad. And so I was trying to fill it with good, but it was hard to find good. If that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like, Sometimes it's easy to be so content here in America. Like it's so easy. Like I could go laser tagging or something silly like that. Yeah. But there in Bolivia, it was so hard to find those things that that's what made it harder to be. So I feel like I had the same problems before that just kind of cleared the map so I could actually have to fo- face them head on. Yeah. There were no distractions. Right. You could and not th- be distracted yes, by yes. your own feelings. That's exactly. I could not be distracted with I usually would distract myself with a good time. Like, oh, I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to go hang out. I'm not going to worry about my emotions. I'm going to go find someone else to be around right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, So this is your first time that yes. it's like you are in a desert. Yes. Isolated. And so it's like work, no work, on yourself, work on yourself right now. And it's like, no. And so it's hurt more because it was forced. Uh, you're always going to have to choose to work on yourself or not. Like you're always going to make a sacrifice. You don't get to choose what you sacrifice. And in that moment, I had waited so long that it's like, the choices were being made for me. Yeah. 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 And it was like this, this opportunity. Right. To, but like, I mean, if you're not prepared for that, no, you, if you don't look at it, I, I mean, was, and that's if, what I'm saying. I wish it's all about perspective. If I could go back now, I would have that census perspective. I'm like, this is my training. This is my two year. Yeah. This is my, this is going to be hard. Yes. This is going to be hard, but it's like when you're excited for a good workout, yeah. you like go in knowing like, Oh, this is going to be heavy weights. This is going to be, but if you go in thinking like this is walk in the park and that's what I was, I was basically yeah. that mentality. And so it hit me way harder than it should have. And like that, like that, um, I think that's sometimes the problem that we have when it, like when, Oh God opened this door, this right. is the right thing. So it's going to be a breeze. Yes. It's going to be easy yes. the whole time. I'm like, this was this, this fellow, this happened so fast. Like the church is paying, like all of it was so felt so appointed like yeah. that divine appointment. But at the same time, it could have been like the idea of like, oh, you didn't work on yourself when you should have. And so now you're going to pay the price for that. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Ready for it. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. You, you never know when God is going to open a door. Right. And so like being ready right. for when he does. Right. Is what's so important. Like I, like I said, I did end up growing, but I could have done more. Yeah. I could have gotten new records or new, like learn new things. But, uh, yeah, in the end, it wasn't like all for waste. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, yeah. You you can look at it with a silver lining. Like you can see the good in it. Yeah, that being one of and your best skills. Th- this quote says: "The purpose of pain is." 
to move us in action, not to make us suffer. And I was looking at it as I'm suffering. Whoa. Oh, this sucks. I hate this. Instead of like, no, you know what? Use this to move you into action. Use this to make you better. Use it as a weight. Yeah. To grow and strengthen yourself. That's what like I, I talk about sometimes, um, like from running the marathon, my thinking was so screwed up yeah. because I thought like if I train well and I really commit to it and I do the training leading up to this race, like as I'm supposed to do it, the race is going to be a walk in the park. Oh, right. It's going to be so easy. But then when I started to like really lose it, yeah. I was like freaking out like, no, but I've, but I've I did it right. I did it right. This I, is yeah. the way. Yeah. But, but really like that doesn't make it easy. All the training doesn't make it easy. It prepares you for when it's right. difficult. Right. It's like now nah, exactly. been, it's been difficult before I've been expecting it. I knew that right. this would be the most difficult and that's, part. That's the set. But it's, and perspective. That mindset. it's the mindset, the perspective. And yeah. that's, that's what, yeah, if people always ask, like, would I do it again? Yes, with a different perspective. Yeah. Yes, with a different mindset. Yeah, because, yeah, if you go into that knowing, like, this is going to be the strangest, most, like, stretching, difficult right. season. But, like, we, I feel like we don't think about, we don't think in those terms. No. Especially in the long term. No, no, Like, no. to think, like, maybe this is going to be a hard week. This is going right. to be the most stressful week. But to think, like, I'm going to spend two years. Yes, and see, one of the things that I've talked about in the, uh, at the book release. And the one thing that I w kind of sometimes it's embarrassing to talk about all this is I'm not, I wasn't a person I was proud of. And it's the idea of becoming a person you can be proud of in those moments. And like looking back, like, Oh, I could have done this. And it would have, it would have, I would have been more proud of that choice. I could have done this. I would have been more proud of that decision. What would you say w would be something that you weren't proud of? Um, I think the, the moping, like the, the verbal, like, uh, kind of, uh, attitude. It, I feel like near the end, especially others could tell. Yeah. You like, were not hiding in it anymore. No. And it was hard to, like I tried, but it was just, I couldn't, I, I wish I could have had a more of a, like, let's take the, every, let's take advantage of this opportunity at the end. Like this is the last stretch, like all or nothing, just burn out here and then you can re relax. Later. Yeah. And so like clearly, um, several times now in this conversation, you've used working out metaphors. Right, right, right. Because probably the biggest change that you right. made. When I got back, I started actually, well, it was like a couple months in, I had uh, decided I needed to start working out and I just Googled. Because you had gained some weight. Yeah, in I was like, you would. I was 220. No, it was when I got back where I started gaining tons of weight. Oh. So Bolivia a little bit. But then when I got back, it was like, oh, Burger King isn't the only option. Yeah. And I was like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna pizza tastes like pizza. Pizza here. is real pizza. The Whataburger released a chorizo burger. That I ate one of those a day. Oh. And then I would eat a drink. I, I, my energy drinks was still a thing, but there was more flavors now. And so it was just it was kind of a mess. I was really unhealthy, bad. And so I decided uh to get fit or I was like, I'm going to go to join a gym. And I looked at gyms and I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing. But then I got an Instagram ad for the CrossFit gym that I go to now still. Wow. And so I'm about to hit three years in May, um, which has been good. I, you went working out with me earlier today. We did. Uh, we, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, while did. visiting you, I went to the CrossFit gym <laughs> we and did lots of squats, some, some clean, some power cleans, which I did not feel good at at all. And then pull-ups and running. And running, which I felt like the most comfortable with. Yeah, running is my least favorite, but it's one of those things now I realize I need to work on it when it's my least, like, 
what does that mean when it's that uncomfortableness? It's, I think if anything, Bolivia helped me be okay with that feeling of, I don't like this, <laughs> like this feeling of, I am in a situation that I do not enjoy, but I can live in it. Oh, instead of just, yeah. Instead of being like, I'm, I got to get out of the situation. I got to avoid it. I got to. Yeah. No, distraction, no, no. distraction, yes, distraction, distraction. Right. Yeah. And so it's not perfect, but at the same time, it's like I have improved a lot. So I started working out a lot. I started going to counselor and I've, I've gotten on some medication now, which is really nice. Uh, uh, because um, for a very long time, you've yes. struggled with. It was, it was depression, but it also was anxiety. I didn't even realize that that was a thing until I started actually looking more into it and yeah. really trying to change and become better. I reconnected with lots of friends from high school when I got back. So I was doing physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally. So mentally and, f- and physically was working out and the counselor socially was finding uh, friend groups. Yeah. And so I ended up finding friend groups from the gym. I ended up finding friend groups from high school, like reconnecting, like I said. Um, a couple of friends from different jobs because I did work at a couple different places. Yeah. And then I uh, also started working at a church when I got back too. But it was all very purposeful. Yes. Which is like that, like, okay, I I have to do something yes. about this, which like you realized you needed in Bolivia right, but right. didn't have. It was making a structure, a sense of structure. Because I feel like one thing I do miss about Bolivia is the sense of no time. Uh, it's very slow there. Yeah. I feel like America is so fast, like go, 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 work, work, work. Do, do. And so when I first got back, it was very hard to get back into the groove of things. When I was at job, I was like, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> but it just that, that feeling of like, oh, life is so much slower there and yeah. you can really sense it. And it's taking a, like, no, pausing, taking a breath, realizing uh, this is what I needed kind of thing. And so here when I got back, since life was so fast, so hectic, I had to make a structure or it was going to run me over really bad. Yeah. Because, um, in order to create that structure, it kind of forces you to be in a position where you have to do the things that you know are going to make you better. Right. Instead of all free time means I can distract myself because once you come back, all those distractions you didn't have are right at your fingertips and you probably wanted them more than ever. Right. So I got a PS4 when I got back I saved up money and an injustice two just came out. It was all these things that I was looking forward to. And it was, uh, like I said, all the fast food restaurants, uh, just being able to not be alone, being with people, like yeah. I could actually know people my age that are friends. Like, and so, yeah, I made friends there. Like I, I say that, like I, I could still call reach out to them if I needed them, but at the same time, it, it's just different. Mm-hmm. It was, I, I wasn't in the right headspace to make like lasting long friendships, which is on me. And one of the things I, I think about sometimes. Yeah. Did you get a girlfriend down there? <laughs> Everyone always asks me that. And, okay, one time I downloaded Tinder, and I Bolivian Tinder. I, I I put anyone in within what the largest range, and there was no one. Oh, no one on. They, it, I have a sna- a screenshot of it because I sent it to my brother, but it just says there is no one in your area. Sorry. Oh, and, it, and I kept doing it. Every once in a while, I'll pull it up. Literally no one, no one using it down there. I said, okay. There is no one in your area. You are all alone. I, and uh, online, online, I was alone too. That's what I'm saying. It was hard. Like I was like, I'm going to try to make friends, like do that. 
Man, I wish that we would have, if we would have had this conversation at the beginning of quarantine, I feel like that would have been so helpful. Quarantine, quarantine is so, um, it's crazy because I see memes and things that people say that's like, that's how I felt in Bolivia. Like you worded it perfectly. Yeah. And I see people going crazy or like this idea of like, uh, I just, I don't want to be here right now. And it's like, I felt all those feelings. So quarantine has not like... I'm okay with it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because uh, you've been through yes. like, I've been through a worse quarantine where it's like, been, yeah, the hell version of quarantine Yeah, where you're 24 hours away from anyone, you know, and I you, went down there without knowing anyone. Like I literally, started, your first Christmas was really rough. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. What did you do for Christmas? I was like, I'm going to live stream my Christmas Eve. And then I was just by myself on my phone and it started raining on me on a Ferris wheel. And I said, I'm done. I'm going to go home and sleep. But then what? Didn't you get left on a Ferris wheel? Yeah. They, well, it started raining. So they, they stopped the Ferris wheel and I was on the very top. They forgot <laughs> about me. And so I was just sitting in a Ferris that wheel. That is like, the, like, the, like, an, an over, like an over the top cartoon of yeah. someone's sad day. Yeah. Of alone on Christmas Eve. I guess I'll ride this Ferris wheel. And, and then you they, get the oh, top, it's raining. And then it's raining. And then they forget you. They and forgot. Leave. And then and it was like, like 15 minutes later, someone else got on. And then I go, they went back to the bottom and they're like, oh, shoot, dude. Like, we're. <laughs> sorry and i was like no it's fine and they're like you want to keep writing i said yeah <laughs> you were just a sad eeyore i was just a little eeyore christmas eeyore i remember watching the live stream at different moments and one time i got you to start dancing and singing a song and it made you cry and i watched <laughs> you cry i watched you sleep it was you, you, it was bad. Yeah, you could tell, huh? Oh, you could tell. But then again, it was like, oh, man, I don't know what to do. Yeah, and that's because it's also it is easier to like downplay it. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's like having someone in the flesh, right? It is so much more important, right? You could see the bags under my eyes. And you could see the, the bags of. Uh, I had a lot of scars my first year because the acrylic paint there burns your face really bad. And I it was used to using acrylic paint to paint my face for like a college stuff, but I did it there at the school and it left huge scar marks. Like oh. I had a bunch of burn marks. If you look at pictures from the first year of Bolivia. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so I just looked, when I came back, I looked like I was from a game of Jumanji. Like <laughs> I got taken away for two years and I popped back up all with, cause I didn't shave my beard at all. Yeah. I was all ratty. I had all these scars on my face. I was just big black eyes. How do you deal with FOMO now? I, realized like the two years away didn't kill me like it wasn't fine and then at the same time it's like realizing which events i actually want to be at and which i don't so like for example there was a birthday party uh for someone at work but i i I, I didn't go because it was like they're just gonna go drinking and stuff and it's like it doesn't really seem like something i want to do and it's like i know Yes, I'm missing out, but at the same time, I don't have a fear of it because this isn't my thing. And so realizing what is my thing or like, am I really genuinely excited about this? No. Okay, that's fine. Uh, finding that, I mean, it's it's like I said, it's that critical thinking perspective that I got from Bolivia being able to be like, oh, I can disconnect myself from this situation in a way that's healthy <laughs> instead yeah. of unhealthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can be overly attached right, to it. Right. And like, yeah, sometimes it, sometimes like depression and anxiety, it's like an insane, a a disproportionate 
response mm-hmm. right, right. to what the actual I think thing is. Also, my medicine is helping a lot yeah. with the FOMO. How long have you been on the medicine? Um, how, let me think, because it was the beginning of January, so almost this full year now. Wow. Yeah. And that's been really helpful? Yes. I can tell a big difference in anxiety, letting things go in my head, Yeah, not dwelling on sad or bad things more than I need to. So and and uh, your counselor also has been really helpful? Yes. And so it's like seeing someone and being able to talk through things helps a lot. Um, staying physically active helps a lot for sure. <laughs> Different things like having, I have a lot of good groups now too, more than just like high school friends. What, um, what did it feel like to do the book event? Like that was your first time sharing I feel all like of the story in that kind of a public setting. It was nice to reflect on it uh, because I hadn't really yet. And it was like, okay, it's been enough time. Like I really need to go back and think about. To prepare for this. Right. You're having to, yeah, think through all those stories. But then it was thinking about like, oh, that sad day, but also like, oh, this good day. Or like, oh, look, this, I did grow in this area, different things like that. Um, but yeah. And then there's like, always I can convince myself, like there was a reason I was there. Like those kids needed to see someone closer to their age Yeah, that was helping with all this different stuff. Uh, and I did have some good moments there with different things like that, talking to different groups of students or different things like that. Yeah. And, 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 and even just it forcing you to deal with, yes, so, because like, I mean, even in college you were dealing with depression right, and anxiety right. re- re- really severely at times. Right. And like, but it was also easier to distract. Right. Cause I could always just run away. There was always someone awake. There was always someone trying to avoid doing their homework. Yeah. And there it's like, Nope, it's literally you and a bunch of strangers. So you have to, you have to admit that you have this problem. Yes. Yes. And then I feel like once you face it a little bit, what, what I think helped with coming back that year of getting stuff back together was being okay with admitting it and facing it head on. Uh, when I was in Bolivia, I would avoid it so, even when it got worse. And but it not giving it a name or like a figure. Sometimes it's more terrifying, like a dark silhouette. Like what is this than actually seeing it for what it is? Yeah. And so seeing it for what it was when I came back, like all right, work on this, work on this, work on this. Calling it out helped a lot. Are you proud of yourself now? I am more. Yeah. I would say I'm proud of certain things. There's th- some things I'm not proud of. My, my dark cravings. <laughs> no, but for the most part, it's not like I don't want to be like that a prideful, but in the way, yes, I'm proud of how I've handled different things so far and how, how much I've changed since that person that was there in 2015. Yeah. And, and there are still some setbacks right. sometimes. Which I think that that can be like incredibly discouraging at first. Right, 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 right. When you don't expect, like you think like, I am yeah. out of it. And right. then like, oh no. Right. Oh, I feel just as bad at times, you yes. know? But like, I feel like you've handled it. But it's the idea of- You've like, handled them Like you were saying with the marathon, it's, you didn't, it's not going to be easy, but you trained for it. Yeah. Know? And so now you know, yeah, it's not that like you're not going to- hit a wall right. while running. It's that it's now the, when you hit that wall, you, you can know bo- what to you, do with it. You know how to get around the wall or yeah. over the wall. And that's, I think that like a lot of times in churches, we talk about mental health poorly and we mm-hmm. just make it sound like on this date, I dealt with this. Yeah. And from that day forward, nothing was ever the same again. My dark cravings were taken from <laughs> me. And then that I was no longer a werewolf. 
But but it's I mean that can be the case, and yeah. I'm sure it is for some people, and that's really awesome. But there are a lot of people where it's like we're still werewolves. So, yeah, things got great, but then six months later, something mm-hmm. went real bad, mm-hmm. and it's not a permanent like fix. And that's I think that that idea of striving and like pushing for more is more powerful sometimes than the idea of like oh it's just it's better now. Yeah, it's and that's 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 the thing with. Uh, when you think of like superheroes versus like an anime and stuff. So the, like Goku is always training, getting stronger, getting stronger. Superman's always as strong as he can be at all times. He's just been given these powers. Yes. And it's like, yeah, yes. the day before you have the powers and the day you ha- after you have the powers. Yes. And it's like, okay, but the idea of seeing the growth and the potential and the striving yeah. and the struggles and like pushing yourself to get better. And I, I, that's sometimes more of a, of a neat thing to watch or like, yeah. And that's what like, uh, the anime that you recommended to me, mob psycho 100 is about a little junior high boy who has the most incredible power, but the story is about him learning how to control it and what it means to have it and being okay with having it. And like, I mean, it kind of being like a metaphor for like his emotions and like, do I suppress my emotions or ignore my emotions or like you have them, you right. will always have them. Right. But like the story that's interesting is you learning what to do with them. It's, and it's, it's learning control over it. So it's not like staying the same or staying like, it's like getting stronger, getting more and more powerful, but learning to keep that, under control. Yeah. So like I am a monster. I could destroy this, but you know what? I'm going to keep that werewolf form down inside. And yeah. That's yeah. What, it's like the idea of like, I'm ready for it whenever it comes now. And you know what triggers it. Right. 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 That, I mean, a werewolf is legitimately the best metaphor. That's what I use yeah. a lot when like, yeah, if, if you know, okay, when the full moon comes out or when I'm around my whole family and blank happens or when yes. I feel this way in this situation. And so for me, now I know when I'm alone for this X amount of time and I haven't done this, this, or this, and I'm doing this, this, or this, I know something's wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I had to break up that silver bullet. <laughs> uh, the great thing about like werewolf stories are they know what turns them into a werewolf. So they're like, okay, I'm going to lock myself in this room, right. chain me up. Don't let me out. I don't, don't want to hurt myself. Don't let me play basketball. I'm not a teen wolf. I'm a werewolf. <laughs> I don't want to hurt myself or anybody else. So just like leave me in that room. And like, I think that that like with, I don't know, high school kids who start dating, like it's important to yeah. know, like both of you guys are going to turn into werewolves and you're not going to think anymore and you're going to do dumb things mm-hmm. or you have anger issues. Like, okay, yes. when this triggers you, you're going to turn into See, a werewolf and, that's what I'm and sa- you need to get out of so, the room so you don't kill anybody going to that room by yourself. You're a werewolf. When I first got back from Bolivia, it was all about turning my emotions back on because they had been off for so long. It was like jumping a dead battery. Yeah. Then it was about working on depression and like inner emotions. But then I had worked on it so well that the negative emotions had nowhere to go. So it turned into rage. And yeah, was, yeah. Because you were so used to like attacking yeah, yeah, yourself attacking. with them. And so it's like, like all you, these daggers I turned around and they had nowhere to go. So the littlest, dumbest things would snap me and I would, I would rage bad. What, like how, like what would you do? Uh, I would happen a lot at work when I was working night shift at Seven Eleven. So I'd just go in the back and just break stuff. Oh, like punch things bad. Like I would destroy the boxes. Like, just wreck it. Yeah. It was like an, like a, like a, like a savage. And you, and then you would just come back out. Yeah. I was like, I would see red for a little bit. I'd break stuff. And then I'd like, 
and I'd be there again. Did you ever fight another person? No. Oh, I, I, there's times where I got close. Really? Yes. Cause I, it was bad. I had to, and I had to work on that. Yeah. And then after that, it, I was like, Oh, it's, my anxiety is so bad now. And that's, I don't know. There's always something else to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> something, I mean, there's, yeah, there's always going to be stuff to work on. Yeah. Which like that, that, I mean, that shows like, I don't know, not to feel defeated when you still right. do. And that's what I'm saying. It's, okay. Oh, you turned 30 and you're still having to deal with stuff. Well, there's it's always stuff. improvement. And then that's, uh, they always say like, you don't compare yourself to others. Cause you don't know what, like, oh, if you're like, oh man, he went to Bolivia and he got, but it's like, no, compare yourself to the, you, who you were yesterday. Yeah. And so it's like, you can always do one step better than yourself yesterday. Yeah. And so for me, yesterday could also be like, I can always do better than Bolivia me. Like as long as I'm like consistently improving upon that version of. Yeah. And so it's like, and, and you like, I mean the same thing uh, of what you're saying of like, someone could look at your life. Yes. Somebody who graduated the same time as you sees all these pictures that you're posting in Bolivia and be like, Oh man, Seth is like living out his right. calling. He's doing what he's supposed to be doing. I'm freaking still stuck in my hometown. Right. He's doing so much better than me. And like, they don't they know don't, the full story. Yes, they don't see all the underground and you're in Bolivia and you're stuck alone and you see all of us at a wedding yeah. and you're like, Oh, they're so happy all the time. And like right. some of us like, it's like, Ooh, still secretly. Yeah, yeah. Like we don't know so the full story. We just need to get rid of the internet is what I'm saying. I mean, it would, well, no one would be able to listen to this. So uh, I think perfect cry. No, no, no. The end. But yeah, you don't, you you don't know the full story and it's like, it's what, what is the story you're telling yourself? Uh, you know, the, the right. narrative that you have going on in your head of everybody else is happier than me. Everybody else is more perfect right. than me. So like shame, it's that shame. And it's like, everyone else is judging me. Like, Oh, like you did this, you took this, these people money to fly there and you're not even doing the best you can. And yeah. So like, uh. And like you, you look at it, your time there, like slightly negatively, even right. that is like, I don't know. I feel like there could be shame around that right. or, or you, you've gotten back from Bolivia. You're not there anymore. Why are you still so sad? Yeah. Like why? Like you, it, yeah, th- yeah. that, that changing should be the thing that changes everything. Right. But like, no, there's still stuff to or work on. Sometimes it could be like the sadness or like you feel bad because it's like missionary work isn't for me. Like I, you could think that your whole life, like, Oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. And you realize like, no, it's, I mean, at least not alone. I don't yeah. want I don't want, I can't do that. I know that now. Yeah. And you could feel bad about that, but it's like, no, look at what you can do. Or it's like, I understand the idea of like any place is a mission field now after being a missionary. <laughs> and then I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those things. Cause like in high school, that was one of the things like, I'll, I'll be a missionary and I did it and I didn't do a good job. And it's like, Oh, you can't, even if you do like your face, you're going to do something if you don't actually prepare for it, then you're not going to be able to do it well. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause I'd always be like, Oh, I could be a missionary, but I was never prepared for it. I wasn't uh, ready for the mental toll or the, uh, spiritual toll or the physical toll, just all of it. I was just like, no, oh, it's going to be an easy walk in the park. Cause I, it's a good thing to do and I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the way it is with any ministry, right? Not just even like pastoral, but like the ministry of anyone who belongs to the church, right? Which is what we all like discipling someone. That's not easy. No, that's terrible. We, we like it's think, frustrating. Yeah. But like, we just like, we, we put like flowery language to make it seem like, yes. I just want to do life with you. Yes. Well, no, it, this is going to be like, you're, you're going to have a, 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 an identity crisis at two o'clock in the morning and I'm going to take you to Whataburger and we're going to sit there and it's not going to be fun. It's right. not going to be easy. And I could be doing a million other things, but this like is important right now. Right. 
at the book release event, when I spoke, I brought up a uh, Mike Tyson quote. Mike Tyson says, I ate too many hot dogs. No. <laughs> Mike Tyson said, everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. And that's exactly what happened to me. And before, yeah, before you go into the fight, you can think I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do that. I'm going to nail it perfectly. But the moment you get punched in the face, all of your thoughts go out the window and all you're left with is muscle memory is training. And that's exactly what happened to me. And, and I think like I've seen ton of fight videos. Uh, I could tell myself I would be good in a fight because I've watched all these videos, but if I've never trained, if I've mm-hmm. never put in the effort, I'm going to step into a ring. Someone's going to punch me once and I'm going to pass out, poop my pants and not wake up for a week. It's, it's basically what happened honestly was just like a, a college kid got put in a, a another country. And that's honestly exactly when you think about it that way, it's like I shouldn't feel as bad as I do sometimes about yeah. all of it. But at the same time, it's like, realizing don't just sign up for things right away. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's a wake up call of like, you never know when you're going to get punched in the face. Yeah. And so like preparing, you know, I preparing, like I said, I was preparing these four areas. And so it's like continuing sharpening and honing those areas. Yeah. Like my mind and my body to be ready for the next big punch in the face, which will come. Right. You're going to you're going to have another Bolivia, but it's going to be yeah. different. And so will I. And so will every other person listening. And like new Bolivia. What are you going to do when you move to new Bolivia? When you, before you move to new Bolivia? Oh, neo Bolivia. Neo Bolivia punches you in the face. Yeah. What are you doing now? Like, are you? How, do you, do you have friendships now for when life punches? you I in think the face? so. I think so. I think I've set up a pretty good safety net better than I had. I didn't have one. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time I am not rushing cause I feel like that's super easy to do here. Um, so easy in America. Yeah. And so especially with quarantine now and stuff, it's kind of slowed everything down and it's going Bolivia pace a little bit and I'm comfortable with this. People are kind of up, fed up with it, but it's this idea of like, I am good here. I am working on me here and I'm going to get out of here kind of no matter what the situation is. I'm very proud of you. Thanks dad. No, I'm proud of the change. Like you are a totally different person. I like, you made me cry so hard at the book release event, just like seeing you up there and like being able to tell the story and like all of the story and honestly share the story and like share insight and help to a room full of people who probably need to hear the same thing. Cause it was a lot of college kids, mm-hmm. a lot of college kids who were about to like graduate and then yeah. move off and unprepared. It's, it's okay. Um, I don't know. I've, adaptability has been one of my strengths and I think that's what saved me being able to like switch from that getting hit to autopilot mm-hmm. and help me survive. Yeah. Uh, and now I'm just trying to still a little bit rebuild from that. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's only been two years and it's, I mean, it's still, it did a lot and I learned a lot, but I'm good. I'm proud of you. I love you. Very glad you're alive. All right. Kiss on the lips. No. (laughs) And kiss on. All you guys no we did not kiss <laughs> we're on the opposite ends of the room
I am so grateful uh, for Seth coming on the show and being as candid and as open as he was willing to be. That is so refreshing and, and helpful. So many things that he said that I still think about. Like just uh, how easy it is for us to distract ourselves and to always have some sort of noise or something always going on to keep our brain distracted so we never really have to think about how we're feeling or what we're going through or what troubles we're experiencing, that we can always be moving, that we can always be going. And the importance of purposefully, like you choosing, you making the choice to get alone and think about it and examine it and work on it. Because if you don't, you could end up like Seth in a situation where you're forced to deal with it and you didn't choose to. It was against your will and it could surprise you and not be at a time where you want to do it. But if you were to like just actually do it on your own, like, okay, I'm not going to wait for life to force me. I'm going to do it right now. And, and just like the way that you look at these difficult times, not as uh, just suffering as like weights put on top of you to crush you, but as like weights to put on top of you to make you stronger, to learn from, to grow from like, Oh man, that is a hard attitude to have, especially for me a lot of the time. And it is, I don't know, it's refreshing to hear someone have that, uh, to know that it is possible to have that attitude. And so I, I don't know, I want to be more like Seth. I mean, I want to be, I want to be buff like Seth. Seth is so in such good shape. He could beat all of us up and he will. If, if <laughs> let's, let's all schedule a time. We, we can all, all podcast listeners, we're going to come together and we're going to try to fight Seth and he'll probably still beat us all up. But I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what quarantine has been like for you. This entire year has been like for you. I hope there's something in that podcast that the Holy Spirit could just kind of like tug on your heart a little bit, like shine a light, like, hey, this is for you. And I pray that you listen to it. I pray that you you do something about it. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for Seth being on the show. Jordan Combs and Lucky Star, thank you for the use of their their songs in the episode. And uh, that's the end. We're done. I will see you in two weeks. <laughs>